Okay, good morning, everybody. So we're the, the topic of today's year is Gesundheit. And that is, more specifically, I guess the response that one says, should say, does say, when one sneezes. Okay, and it's actually some um, halacha that comes up in the Gemara. More Gemara Brachos, not in Gimel, we're going to do a more length in a Pirkei Rebbe Lazar which uh, it's a very interesting medrash about the history of sneezes. I'm sure it's in folklore. I think we've heard of this before, but it's actually a medrash, and hopefully we'll gain some uh, insight into it. So gesundheit means, comes from, I think, gesund is healthy and height is hood, like healthy hood. So it's like, it means to health. Okay, and the Gemara has it, marpe, to healing, or asusa, also means like to healing. The Medrash has L'chaim, so to life. So what is it? What is the, the, basically, in some sense, what is the whole idea of it? What, what, is it a good idea to say it? Is it a bad idea to say it? Let's see. Okay, so, so it starts out as a Gemara in, uh, in Brachos and in Gimel and Aleph. And the, this is a little bit of a mix of Halacha and Hashkafa here, depending on the timing. I'm not sure how much into the Halacha we'll get, but maybe at the end, depending on how long everything goes here. Okay, so it says like this. Um, so somehow there's a different minhag or whatever it is. The case is they, they, they're in the base madrash. They're, then they're bringing the candle. It's Saturday night, Motsoy Shabbos, and they're bringing a candle for everybody to say Baremerash. So for whatever reason, they're separating the Abdallah from the, um, from the Baremerash. Maybe they already said it and they didn't have a fire. Now they brought it. Whatever, maybe that was their minhag. The different different explanations, but the point is everyone in the base medrash is, is learning. They're sitting and learning, carefully focused on their learning, and now they bring the candle to do the bracha of Bomerei Marayesh. Okay? So the question is, what's the... How do we do it? So, Each and every person makes his own Bore Marayesh. So you go around the base medrash, you pass it, and each guy says his own Bore Marayesh. Ubeis Hillel says, no, you shush everybody, get everybody together, and you make one out loud, right? Like what we do after Tishba or something like that, right? Okay. Why? Okay, this is part of Beisil. The reason why is because Barov Amadjus Malach, and a multitude of people will be the splendor of the Malach. Barov it's a kiyam to say the bracha. Have everybody have one bracha jointly for Marayesh, as opposed to having each and every person do his own individual bracha. Okay. So the more asks obvious. Bishlama base hillel mefarshi taima. Base hillel is good. He explains his reason. Because Bravo Hajj's Malach. Ella base shamai my taima. Why does Beshamai say to do it separately? We know there's a principle of Bravo Hajj's Malach. Beshamai didn't explain why he holds each person should do it separately. Okay, so the Gemara says, the Gemara answers, Kasavri mivne bitl beis It's because it'll be a bitl of beis medrash. Okay, bitl of beis medrash. Surprising, Rashi. Shabizman she'echon v'arach l'kulam. If one person makes a bracha for everybody, him tshichon lishtog me'gersas. And they all have to be quiet. 
So I'll have to pay attention. They'll hear and answer. Amen. So, you know, how long will it take to shush everybody, to get everybody around, to stop the learning, to coordinate the timing or whatever it is it's going to take? An extra, I don't know, 20 seconds, minute, something like that. Man, Betel Beis Medrash. You don't want to be involved in Beis Medrash. So therefore, you, uh, you, you rather, in order, instead, I guess, if you just pass it around, each guy will say his own premarish. How long will that take? Two seconds? Right? You just give it to him. Say marish. Say that guy. Marish. Each guy and keeps learning. But you don't want to stop the base measures learning for a minute. Right? Okay. It's interesting, right? Okay. So, um, yeah. So then, I right, so what about base L? Right? I'm sorry. Yeah, what about base L? So, Apparently, and this is what the Benyona says, you're not worried about that type of betel. Why? What? Okay, good. Not because we're not worried about a small, you know, few minutes, it's a minute. No. Because it's better, you should be concerned about it, but it's better to be uh, more important it's worth it. As you said, Tzorach Mitzvah, right? Something like that, right? It's worth it. It's worth the moment of delay in order to get this kiyam above Amarish Whereas apparently Veshamai says no, right? There's like a push. There's, there's a conflict. There's a conflict between Brahma Amarish and the continuation of the learning of the Veshamish. You can't have them both. So it seems on the surface like that's the Machlokas. What takes precedence? Brahma Amarish Malach or Bittu Veshamish, yeah? Okay. Now the Gemara says like this. Tanya nami hachi. And this is, I think, surprising. Tanya nami hachi. Shel beis revigam li also bring us support. Okay, that this betel beis medrash is a thing, is relevant. Okay. Shel beis revigam li al. Give me a second. Yeah. Lo yomre marpe beis medrash. Then may betel beis medrash. They wouldn't say marpe. Heal. The healing. In the base medrash, because of the base medrash, so Rashi says, "Marpe lo adam hamisatish." Person who sneezes, shergilim lo marasusa. It is the minhag to say asusa. Marpe asusa is like healing, right? Isn't that right? So in the base of Rigam Liyal, they wouldn't say marpe in the base medrash. So you see that that's something we have to consider. Bittel base medrash is apparently something to consider, right? Okay, so. So what's the problem? Is there a problem? It's bringing support, right? It's bringing support. Okay, so I guess the question is, the, what's it proving? I know the machlokas was, which one takes precedence, right? Not that there is such a thing as Bethlehem's measures. That wasn't the finish of Seemingly, the machlokas is, what takes precedence? Provam Adrashmala or Bethlehem's measures, right? So what's the bringing of proof that you don't say because I'm tied to the base measures? Okay, that's not relevant. That's, that's not the, the, the phenomenon of the base measures doesn't seem to be the point. The Kiddush is that the base measures is even going to take precedence over Brahma Malach. And that seems to be a machlokas between Mesham and Mesalo. Which one does take precedence? So how's it bringing a Raya? Tanya Nami Hachi supports this idea. What's it supporting? Because they didn't say because I'm tied to the base measures. But that's not Brahma Malach. That's just um, saying because Right? Is that a machlokas? Is that is that lining up as the same machlokas? 
It's not clear. Okay. So again, it, it does reference this idea that there is such a thing as Bethlehem's Medrash, but again, is that the Chiddush? Seemingly, that's not the discussion here. The discussion is which one to express it. Okay. So let's leave, let's leave that alone. Okay. Okay. So what is this idea of, uh, of saying Marpe? Asusa. So the Gilean Ashas, Rikyega brings down, and uh, I guess I'll, I'll read it from the Gilean Ashas, but I'm going to read it more at length from the, um, from the Medrash, from the Pekadur of Elazar. Okay. So it says like this. This is what, um, you know what, I'll, I'll just read it straight. Okay, let me read it from the, uh, from the Pekadur of Elazar. Okay. So the Pekadur of Elazar is talking about seven mopsim. That were shit starts out. This is the picture of Allah's known base. Okay. Shiva and Mopsim Nasuba Olam, Shalon Nirokamosa. Seven wonders of the world that never happened before. Okay. Seven wonders. So you might wonder, what are these seven wonders? Okay. So four of them are normal, three of them are a little bit strange. Okay. Four of them are what you'd expect. For example, the first one. Says me Yom Shnevru Shemayim Varetz Lo Hayadam Nitzal Menaish Ad Shiva Avram Avinu. Right? No one was saved from the fire. Right? You throw someone in the fire. That's what happens. They die until Avram Avinu came and Nitzal Mekiv Shemayish. Right? He was he was saved. The Shamu Kalmachay Haaretz VeTamu Shaloro Kamoash Nevolam. And all the kingdoms were wondered, astounded. That never happened before. You never seen that before. You throw someone into the Kiv Shemayish and they don't die. Wow. Right? That's a wonder. Okay. The second, I'm over Sashani. Miyom Shnivishvars Lo Yalda Ishal Tishram Shana. No one, no woman gave birth at 90 years old. Ajaba Sara, Yalda Tishram Shana. Right? They didn't believe. Right? A wonder? A miracle? Right? These are wonders. Okay, and I'm gonna skip a little bit. Another one is just to show you the the um, flavor of these. Okay, the um, the fifth wonder. Okay, one second. Yeah, it says Levad Chava. I'm skipping a little bit. It's Levad Okay. The water didn't change into dry land. Right, and that's the fifth and the sixth. Right, and so on. And so the, the sun and the moon, the stars, they all went according to their custom. They never fought, they never didn't go. And then Yeshua stopped the sun for 36 hours, and right, there's miracles, right? I mean, these are Mopsim. I understand this is the idea. These are great mopsim. Four of the seven of these mopsim are what we'd expect to be great wonders that the world has never seen before. Okay. Now, the third and the fourth and the seventh are of a different character. Okay. So I'll just do the fourth one now because it's the one which is relevant to us. Like it's tight one, and then I'll do the other one to show us. Uh, and I'm going to have order. But. Okay. I'm always no one got sick. Okay? When the world died, the world was created, no one got sick. In Baderach, in Bashuk, wherever a person was when he was on the, 
road, he was in the marketplace, the atash, and he would sneeze, his nefesh would go out of his nostrils, right? Kind of the same way where Hashem was, someone said that, that's why it's from his nostrils, and he died. So basically, I would be going until whatever old age he was, never get sick, and then one day, he'd sneeze, and out would go his neshama, and he'd pass. Until Yaakov Avinu, who sought out Rachamim for this. And he said, Don't take my nefesh from me before I get a chance to give a tzivoy to my children and my various. Right? And Hashem answered him. His tefillah was accepted. The father is sick. And they were all wondering. It's astounding. Just like they were astounded by the Kim Shanaish and by Sarah giving birth at 90 and by Kiyos Yamsuf and by Yeshua stopping the sun. They said, wow, we've never heard of that before. Someone got sick. The Fikach, therefore, a person is obligated to say to his friend when he sneezes, Chaim, for life, or also known as, again, Marpe, Asusa, because this death of the world has changed to life. Which is Sneezes of man give forth like warmth. His sneezes are not really anything to sneeze about, right? They're just uh, well, they have warmth and whatever, right? So therefore, when a person is uh, sneezes now, that God, that Baruch Hu did this great miracle to change sneezes from the death, the moment of death, to this, I guess, standard or common occurrence. So a person has to now is obligated to say chayim, right? Okay, so many things which are puzzling about this, right? First of all, is this literally true that nobody sneezed until that point? Hard to believe. So I did a little bit of research, nothing too fancy, but I mean, all animals, mammals, and animals sneeze. Okay, sneeze is like part of, you know, you get, you know, whatever, mucus in your uh, passageways and you sneeze and you clear it out. So it's not a human thing per se, right? Animals have been doing it for a long time. Again, maybe Chazal didn't know that, but I mean, the animals sneeze. It's hard to believe that literally nobody sneezed until uh, until Yaakov. Yes, right. no one sneezed until there were no no youngsters sneezed, right? But at the same time, I mean, it's what then it kind of sounds like what it's saying. So is is that is that do we have to accept that that's literally what's going on? And if not, then what then is it? teaching us, right? But it sounds like it's saying that. It's depicting like a story that nobody sees and they saw, they heard about it, and they said, wow. And, but it's not only that, it's not only that no one sneezed, no one even got sick. Right? Sneezing and sick is kind of correlated here, right? Sneezing and sick. So uh, there's all these questions. Question like, Ishmael got sick, but he got sick because uh, he got sick because he didn't have water. Of course, that happens. Or people got, uh, if you get hit, we got there's another example of someone who got hit, they got sick, but it doesn't mean you couldn't get sick at all, but it means like the natural. There's, 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 there's different, there's midrash, there's, there's problems. 
Well, they work them out. It just means, it seems to mean just natural sickness. It doesn't mean you hit somebody over that, they're not going to get sick or whatever. But it means the natural course of events, it sounds like it's depicting people basically just got till their old age, right? In a nice, healthy way. And then they just die one day, right? But Yaakov Avinu didn't like that because he's saying, how is he going to be Mitzvah? He's going to be Mitzvah, right? When they were young. Oh, I see. Right. Yes. You mean anyone just died and got sick? Oh, I understand. Right. But not they would sneeze or? Oh, I see. I see. Okay. okay. Yeah. Oh, why does he need to get sick? Oh, good question. Why not just bless his children? Okay. So he's however old he is. When he starts getting old, to give the bracha to his kids. Why does he have to get sick? And then, right? Yeah. He wasn't, no, it's before. It seems like, it's not clear when he did it, but it sounds like it was before the tefillah. Before he was, before he got to really old, I guess. He died in Hashem, but he didn't want to just sneeze one day and die. But he wanted to have enough time to bless his kids, right? Yeah, yeah, right. I guess so. But I mean, even so, I mean, even if that's the case, it wouldn't die like the second day. I mean, they're fine to bless his kids, right? Seems like his mom should sneeze and die, right? He's walking in the street, so it says, "You're walking in the street, healthy," and then he just sneezes and die, right? Just to have enough time to be brought to their kids, so you do it while you're sick on your deathbed. It doesn't seem there was an idea of a deathbed, at least in the Medrash, right? Yeah. Yeah, the idea Yitzchak was he knew like his time of death because it was between his his two parents or something. Again, I can't hear you. Didn't have like uh. Oh, yeah, I think this is what Elliot does. So just give a bracha. Why can't you? So when you get old, whatever you give the bracha, give whatever bracha. Why do you have to wait until uh till till you're you're about to die? Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. Good, good question. What's so special about Yaakov? Why was Yaakov the first one to have this? Yeah, Avram and Yisrael gave brachos. Right. Yes. Yeah. Okay, good, yeah. Okay, good, 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 good. So, so there's, so there's another that, that gets us to the seventh Moface. It says the seventh one is from the time of Shrine Baharat. Nobody got sick and lived from it and actually got back unhealthy, right? Like in the Yaakov, you know, he's just getting sick for a few days or whatever it is and giving a brachos and dying. But, uh, but there was no one who would get sick like midlife and then get healthy again, right? Until Chizkiyahu came. Because Kilmelch Yehuda got sick and he davened like a sparkle and he says, I Remember, what I did when I went with you in Sadiq, MS, stuck up, and sure enough, Hashem answered, He said, I'll give you 15 extra years of your life. So that was the first time that occurred. right? And then there's another, there's a Gemara in Metziah that has it, not, not being Kilmelch, but Elisha. He also got sick. But that's another one of the most simple. Right? 
Yes. Well, that's a, that's a good question. Is that what is? And before I get to that question, there's, and the, the last mofis. While we're at it, the, the again the third one in, in the order here is No one would get old. Okay, no one would get old. Gemara, the Gemara has it, and the Rashi has it. The Gemara in um, it says Avram they end up accidentally talking to Yitzchak. Ba'adei Yitzchak, Mishlei Ba'adei Avram. Avram and Yitzchak were like identical. Avram doesn't get old. They look the same, right? That's the Rashi. They look the same, and the Avram didn't age. No one aged. Asa Avram ba'li rachmei ba'avei zikna. Shenemar ba'avram zakein ba'avayamim. Right? So no one would get old, but Avram didn't like that. He davened that, um, and Rashi says, Kedesh Yakir ve'no ve'en b'no. So people would be able to recognize between he and his son. That was, in, that was confusing. Right? So that's the third Mophis. It says, from the time of Shemayim Baritz, no one would get sick, get old, until Avram Avinu came, and all the world says, they never saw something like that before. And it says, how do you know Avram got old? It says, Avram Zakin, Babayamim. But the Gemara says, it's like a crown, and the Gemara goes on, the, the, the Medrash says, it's like a crown on the head of a king, is um, like aging, like white hair, and the age of, uh, on the hair of a Zakin. Right? And it's a Pasuk, Vahad, there's a king, and save him. Is that a Mishnah? Okay. So, so the, again, what's strange here is, is like these mofsim, they're not like, identical. There's, again, they seem to break up into two different classes. There's the mofsim like one, once and out in history, like the Kibshan Aish, Sarah, the, um, the Pias Yamsuf, and the uh, Yoshua, stopping the sun. It was a one-time miracle, and then the world went back to normal, right? And then you've got these mofsim, which seems to be some sort of change in the, in the history. Right? I mean, no one got sick. No one got old. Right? They're, they're related. Those, the other three are all related. No one got old until Avram Avinu. No one got sick until Yaakov. And no one got sick and healed until Chizkiyam. Right? But how are those mopes? I mean, those are, still seem to be describing part of the Minogola, if anything. Right? Those seem to be describing things that aren't quite mopes, and they're just kind of the way the world works. Or, and even if you accept the history that it didn't work that way, but again, there's a different type of emophis. It's like Hashem was making a permanent, at least in the current dimension, making a permanent change in the Darachalam, right? But this is not like those other four miracles, which are one time things, right? Yeah, yes, I'm sure you could have a lot of things, but that was because of the Malachim's tears. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have a lot. Look, obviously, you have a lot of. You have a lot of. Add more things to the list. But that's you know. Okay. Okay. So again, this again, this medrash is also again, like I quoted, it's also not in as much depth, but it's also in Bab Metzia in Hey Zayin Amaralaf. I read you the Avon one. The Yakov Ad Yakov Lave Cholsha. There was no weakness. As Yakov Boy Rachme Lave Cholsha. So he davened, and there would be weakness. And again, Rashi is saying thanks that he would be able to be mitzvah as his kids. And the Rashi and Sanhedrin, it's a parallel gemara. It's a little more depth. So all his kids would have time to gather from their places. 
Leos Allah Bishas Misa to be with him at the moment of his death. Kivan Shiro and Shinafalamita, since they see that he falls to the, the bad, he's bedridden, Yodum Shayamas, they would know that he's going to die. We must come to Nibana and they'll all gather and come. So this idea of the deathbed, Sivoy was, was seemingly invented according to his medrash at the time of death. Okay, so again, and because of this Mophis that Hashem changed sneezes to the moment of death to basically, I guess, part of life, when a person sneezes, therefore one's obligated to say, right? Okay. okay. Just one more source, by the way. So this idea of saying Marpe or Lachayim uh, is, uh, is a good idea. Seemingly here, it's chayev. It's chayev, but there's um, this, the Sefta and Shabbos, actually, which is in, I don't know, they quote it as in Zion Hay, but in our Gemara, in our Shas, it's class base. Whatever, I don't know how the, the Sefta's numbering system is, but it has, it's actually a machokas. The Tanakhama holds that saying Marpe is Dark Amori. Dark Amori to say Marpe. But um, but Rebbe Lazar ben Sadok, he brings down this idea of it's bittul Torah and the base medrash. You don't want to say it because you don't want to do bittul base medrash. But otherwise, seemingly it's a good idea. So it would be nice to understand that, that machlokas. How why is it like Mori? Why is it you know good? Yeah. Yes, medrash is chayav. I know. Yeah, and if you take the medrash at face value, see, I don't, you know. I'm not sure if anyone knows this, but it, does every time Rabbi Kivager say something, it has to be a question? Does anyone know that? I'm not sure. Is that a misora? Like I just feel like it's always like something that's referenced to and you feel like it's a question, but I don't, I don't know if it has to be. But uh, I, I don't know. You're just breaking down the source. But it, it, it could say, I mean, the plain shot in the Medrash is higher. So if it's higher, then you're going to have to say it in the Medrash, right? How's that? Right, of course, you're going to have to say it, right? So I don't know. Maybe he's asking a question. But I mean, flame shot, I don't know, five doesn't quite mean five, right? It's, and it, it's, it's a good idea, it's appropriate. It, it's in the notion of medrash, five means it's a good idea, it's a philosophical value, it's something, right? But not a technical theory. Yeah, I don't think anyone else actually five. Yeah, so, so one thing I think which is uh, good, which uh, Moshe was saying, but uh, Tart Mima says, this, I think it's good, is that it, when it's saying is to give a bracha, to be mitzvah, your your bottom of so. It doesn't just mean to give a bracha, because you see it's like a bracha. And bracha is a jolt but it's specifically talking about giving tochacha. Right? It's giving tochacha before your death. And that's something which, uh, as I'll say, and we're going to go into that in depth, that that's the idea of tochacha specifically one is supposed to give right before the death. There's a, there's a lot of precedents for that and a lot of reasons for that. We're going to go into that. But the idea of just giving bracha, that's okay. Give brachos, but Yaakov was giving brachos. His brachos weren't quite brachos. There was uh, Reuven and the Shimon and the Levi. It was kind of harsh, right? Okay, so it seems to be that that explains a lot of the, uh, you know some questions, which is the idea of having, and that's why it could be he couldn't give it ten years before his death. You know, you can't just say when you get old, when Yaakov's old, so you don't even solve them. You don't solve them now. But if you're thinking about it, so just give them the brachos now. But it's not just give a bracha. It's the idea of the tochacha. The Musar, that seems to be is what he's worried about. Okay. So, so we'll get to that in one second. Let me just make sure I have any other questions here. By the way, um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. By the way, as an aside, 
So there's an interesting, so sound bittel based medicus, if you think about this, and it's, it's easy to just laugh off or push off, but I mean, the bittel based medrash, the seriousness of what the base medrash used to be was that the mom is not saying, isn't that the base medrash? And they don't want to take time to say because you're going to have to shush everybody. I mean, it's uh, shocking. Hard to ask to even imagine such a thing, right? But um, so the, the, the pre-show brings down and the shock brings down also that we don't do this anymore. It's like too high of a level and it's like, I don't know, maybe I have to say I have a somewhere, but he basically says it's not, we, we don't have that kind of information. Right? Right? So for us, we don't really, we're not that careful about the English anyways, so we could say refua. But the Taz was not happy about that. He said that he shouldn't have said that. On the contrary, we should keep a high standard. should tell them, don't say refua in order to, you know, to make sure that uh, they'll have a high standard in the time. So it's interesting. It's like different, you know, do we push a high standard, which is way to beyond us in order to kind of, you know, get people at least close to where they should be, or you just say, look, we, we care that it's not us. I don't know, it's interesting, right? Interesting, I guess, two styles of uh, teaching, right? Yeah, okay. Okay, so, so in order to understand, so I, I guess there's all these modes that are interesting, right? but I, I guess I want to focus specifically on the uh, on the sneezing one, because I guess the one that's coming up. But I guess hopefully we'll get some perspective on all of that. Okay, and again, the, I think the way that to... to Try to understand it is starting with the um, this idea of Yaakov, why he did it. Right? Now, according to the way, this is what's interesting is that I guess according, if you take the Medrash, okay, and the question is why I guess our overarching, I guess, methodological question is what do we do with this Medrash, which is depicting like a history, right, which is hard to really believe actually happened on a plain Pashup Shah level. Okay, I'm kind of, again, if someone wants to argue that that is how it happened, I don't want to have that argument. But it's hard to, for me to accept, and I assume most of us in the room, but I mean, I'm sure there are people who are going to say that is how it happened, and, you know, that's a different discussion. But I'm going to take it as a, assuming that it's hard to accept, literally, that this is what happened, and nobody ever got sick up until a few thousand years ago, and, um, and any of these things. But at the same time, the medicine is depicting it that way, Right? is depicting it that way and telling the story and learning things out, you know? So, so what do we do in trying to understand that? So, so what I like to do, again, these are different styles, different techniques, but I like to, let's just, let's grant the Medrash that this is what happened. Okay, now, whether it's hold, hold our doubts and our skepticism about whether it literally happened or whatever, but it's depicting it like it literally happened. So let's try to understand what would be the idea. What ideas could we take from it if it literally happened? And then afterwards, we have to get into whether it literally happened or maybe the sequence the history which is depicting is maybe not an actual history but it's conveying uh, ideas but, but it's depicting history so what ideas would emerge from the history as it's being depicted? okay so in this history which is being depicted originally nobody got sick they just got till whatever age there is that they were going to die and they would just die right but then and that's just the way it was and then at some point, because of Yaakov, Aminus, Tvila, things changed, right? 
So which means the original plan of the Bria, so to speak, right? The way Akadosh Baruch Hu made Adam originally, all the way up until Yaakov, people did not get sick. People just lived a healthy or ripe old age and whatever, whatever age they lived until, right? Maybe it was in the 900s or it was in the whatever, however age it was, but basically they were healthy until they died and they just died when they died, right? But then it got changed. So I guess in some sense is that which is better, right? Seems like that, that was better, but then Yaakov Avinu kind of had some other idea. Maybe in some sense that was better, but in some other sense, this is better. And Yaakov Avinu is seeing a problem with the old way, right? Because it's not good for these brachos, right? Okay. So, so, we, so let's, I don't know, let me just open it up just to, just to get us thinking, okay? We have to see and see where the measure takes us. But just, uh, I'll just throw out the question. Could you, does that seem to be, again, sure such a thing or possible that um, assumably it is? I don't know, but a gosh, probably make us in a way that we wouldn't get sick. We just live until whatever the thing, and then we die, right? Could you see that as being advantageous? Or better, worse, in what regard? Yeah, is that? What? Yeah. I don't know. It's not depicting that. It's not part of the, I don't know. It doesn't say that there's, I mean, that, look, Avram lived long. I mean, there were people who lived long. I mean, the age doesn't seem like the age is, it's certainly not mentioning that. It's being described as the, yeah, I mean, they had a long life. It seems if anything, they lived longer than the other life. But I don't know, maybe that wasn't everybody, but, you know, but it seems not. That's not part of the discussion. Yeah. It seems like, Instantly die at any time would change the way that you relate to the life and death. Yeah. Because you know, okay. uh, I was thinking the advantage of having the longer time to get sick, which that also is an advantage to reflect on it, that what if you didn't have yeah. the opportunity? Yeah, yes, yeah. yeah, right. And that idea, in terms of your recognition of your mortality, that's the one framework to think about this, is on the one hand, we get sick. The fact that we get sick, it helps us think that we are going to die because after all, we get sick and we get sick and we feel like we're going to die or we get close to it and we realize our body isn't so strong and all that. But if you never, ever, ever get sick, you may have a hard time recognizing that you're going to die. On the other hand, as I was saying, is it, but maybe the fact that we usually get, get sick before we die help makes, you know, deludes us into thinking that, oh, I'm not going to die today because I'm not even sick, Right. Whereas opposed to back then, right? No one, no one got sick. You just dropped dead any given day. So who knows? Every day could be a last. And but it's really true for us also. Just by then they'd have a much, you know, stronger realization of that because that's how everyone dies, just one day. So yeah. So there's kind of a give and a take in that regard. Yeah. Yeah, and you're also not Yes. 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 Yes, but still, the fact that most people do get sick when they die, it kind of allows us to, to assume, to ignore the fact that that might happen to us, that we, you know, if everyone did, then it seemed to be like it would be more, you know, more clear to everyone that we could just die in any day. But there's, uh, again, I could see a give and take there, right? Yeah. That is more of a question on the but yeah. Why is it that in our Yes. Yeah, good question. Good question. Yeah, good question. 
a good question. You I mean if Yaakov wanted to do it, fine, so then do it. So for you, you do it and whatever. And you want to what about changing nature in a sense? Makes it like this more than Yeah. Okay, good. Good question. I don't really see why that needs to be one time thing. Like it's not just took away the power of fire for whatever. And like yes. for our own was very good. Right. Here you make the argument yes. Yeah. 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 I mean I feel Right. I mean, it helps us. It helps us. Aging helps us. It helps us be humble, right? People who are strong and young are often very arrogant. And as we start to age, we start to realize our, we're feeble and we're not, we're going to die. Right. I mean, it helps us. Right. And if a person would live strong until they're dying, then that would, maybe we would prevent the person from realizing the limitations, right? That's an advantage to this way. Yeah. Okay. Those are the types of things that people complain about all the time. Like, why do we have to get sick? Why yes. does God need to create sickness yes. in the world? Yes. All these things. And this Agreed. is basically like telling you. Yes. Yes. So, yes. Agreed. I think it's, it's not the first time that it happened, literally, but yeah. that it's the first time that it was, that the idea was born out. Okay. Good. Good. Yes. And you do have a problem physical can't yes. function properly. Yes. Right. Yes. Yes, good, excellent. Right. Is that there is, it's let's remember, and that's your point also, let's remember sickness is annoying. Right? It's uh, if we would be able to live until whatever age which we die without ever getting sick, wouldn't be we be more productive? So we got our days, our sick days. And just our overall health, the person would be strong up until they live, up until they die. I mean, there's a lot of good learning productivity, which is lost on sickness. So while it's true, it might be certain benefits in terms of our recognizing our mortality, humbling us. At the same time, being strong and healthy, in a certain sense, one could argue it's a flaw in man that we get sick. It's not a strength, at least physically. And our ability to be productive, right? Perhaps this is relevant, but Moshe Rabbeinu didn't get old, didn't get weak, didn't get sick, right? He just lived up until 120, but that's Moshe Rabbeinu. But maybe this didn't apply to him or whatever. But the idea of getting old and sick is not, at least in terms of our, in this framework, in terms of our productivity, old age and sickness and, you know, weakness is seemingly these are negatives, right? There's a give and a take, right? Okay, so again, this is, yeah. 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 Right. Yes. Yes. Right. Yeah. So I guess what's interesting, so again, there are, there's give and take here, right? There are, yeah. Yeah. Just a quick question. Um, was Yaakov asking for all human beings or was he asking just for himself? It's, I mean, he, he seemed to have like a very specific need, like a hurrah shah. Right. So like, wh- why was his specific request something that had that trickle down to all humankind now was going to change? Yeah, good question. Um, yes. 
it sounds like he's asking for himself. But I mean, for example, the Rashi, when he says in, in uh, Sanhedrin, not Sanhedrin, in Vamatsiya, but Rachme Vave Fulsha, Sheyachla Adam Lefne Moso, Vietzava Lebesa. This Rashi seems to be interpreting it as like it's a request. What he sees is not only for him, but it seems it's for other people as well. But it's a good question, though. Why did it? This is, I guess, what's funny about it. It's like, which one's better? If it's better the first way, then let it stay that way. And if it was better the way we have it, then have it that way originally. Like what's, why is there some sort of a transition at Yaakov Avinu or at Avram Avinu or at Yahu, right? Now, again, maybe, again, we're in the world of the Medrash. Maybe, in fact, it really was this way originally, but at least the Medrash is depicting it as if there are these like stages, right? What? Yeah. Okay. Good. Okay. Good. Okay. Good. 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 Okay. Good. Good. So, so, so let us. Uh, I'm going to go in that direction. Okay. So, but so let us just talk about again the the medrash is depicting it again. This is all just kind of tossing around ideas, but let's get to the actual medrash. The medrash is saying is the reason why it changes because Yaakov Vino asked, and he asked for a specific reason because he wants to be able to give bracha mimitzah his kids. So again, it seems to be that mitzah tzivoy, again, as Torah to me, learned, and it seems to be reasonable that it means tochacha. So there's a, there's a medrash, there's a Rashi and Devarim on Aleph Gimel, but the, it's a sifri, and it's a little bit of a longer version. The Rashi has like the chulei. There's like there's four reasons why you don't give to Chacha um, before until right before your death, and it lists like two of them. It says Bechule. so you know it's like it's like a teaser, you know. But yeah, whatever. So um, so so I'll read it. Let's let's look at the difference. So because again, this according to the measures, this is why things changed, right? Because Yaakovina wanted to give to Chacha to his kids, right? Which seems to be be really important. It's worth it to introduce illness into the world, right? in order to, or pre-death illness into the world, in order to have this ability of people to give tochacha, right? Okay. So, 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 so this is the message. So, this is basically the beginning of the intro to Sefer Dvarim. Sefer Dvarim, as we know, is Moshe's, uh, right before his death. And it's like his musar, his speech, which he's going to give to all of Israel. So it says, So he did not give them to Chacha. The Musa of Moshe Rabbein was not, did not occur until Samach Misa. So Yaakov didn't do Yaakov So again, Moshe Rabbein learned it from Yaakov. And we'll see the Rashi is going to continue. It's a long tradition. Shua did it, Shmuel did it, David did it. This is like set a pattern. The Aquavino did was a thing which all great leaders did. Okay? So it says like this Amra Ruven Bechoriata. Now, this is a Medrash in Ed. Amra Lobini, Omer Lacham, Nema Lohochachticha Kalasham Halalu. Why didn't I give you Musser? Right? He's giving Ruven Pachas, Klayam Altos, Sakilis, Mishkevevevicha, right? He's giving Musser. Right? The Bracha is Musser. Harsh. <clears throat> right? Why didn't he give him Musa all these years? I mean, you'd think if you give him Musa when he's a young man, he's going to have all these years to do tshuva for it. Right? Why wait until uh, 
right before Yaakov's death. So that he would you won't you wouldn't leave me and cling and go and cling to Ace of my brother. Right? Shocking. What he's saying is that he was worried that if he's gonna give Musar to Reuven, right, then Reuven would go off the derach, so to speak. Right? He'd go cling to Asaph to Russia. Right? Surprising, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. But as although that's the case, it seems to be a general rule. Ruben Dal and it's told by Ruben, but he did it prefer uh Shimon Levi also. Shimon Levi he did kinda of criticize them earlier a little bit about the um the Dina incident, but they answered him back and that was it. But about the Yosef it didn't have I mean the Musar also was seemingly reserved for them. But it seems to be a general principle. There are four reasons why one should not rebuke a person, but near their death. Okay? So let's do each of these and let's see if we have a quick idea for each of them. Okay? There are four benefits, four reasons why it seems to be that that's the proper time to give Musar is only before, before death. So one is, So you don't have to keep giving them Musar. Right? You can give Tochacha, then what? At a young age, and then you're gonna to have to give to Chacha again, and then you give to Chacha again, and then you give to Chacha again, right? Whenever every time they do something wrong, okay. So, what's wrong with that? Right, yeah, it's a chivta, seems that way, right? <laughs> yeah, a few many times, right? Yeah, okay. So what is wrong with that? Okay, loses effectiveness. I mean, you keep giving most, so you give it one time, it has a strong effect. But well, your whole life, it's going to be a good one. Oh, Apple. Right, Fader, isn't that one of the Kuvay Chuba? Or somebody's not me answer, but no? Yeah. Or Eno Chelek? It's one of those big ones. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay, I mean, it could affect the relationship. That's not what he said, but that's okay. That's good. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So that that, that seems to be is what if you're going to define what did someone who else just said before? What did Donnie just say? I'm sorry. Donnie, say what you said. Uh, I, I was at, yeah. I was just asking that. I think in Hilchos Chuba, it's one of the Ikuve Chuba is not being miaser, but no, I think we're in Ochel giving. Yeah, right, right. If you could stop your kid from going on a bad path and you don't stop him, that's bad. I don't think of Chuba or whatever, one of those. Bad. Yeah. But who, who said an answer before that? Someone else said something like that. I can't remember. Maybe you said, uh, I don't know. Whatever. I don't know. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. That's like, if you're going to keep giving Musa, I mean, there is to some extent. If you're going to keep giving Musa, giving Musa, giving Musa, it does become like uh, stale. And no one's gonna uh, become like a broken record or whatever. You're gonna keep giving musar. There is an idea of like saving the effectiveness of the musar has that much more punch when you do it once. And if you do it repetitively, it starts to become stale. That's one one idea. Okay, that's one idea. Obviously, there's benefits to continually doing it also, but there is that is the case. Yeah. Yes, okay. 
Yeah, so it's going to get to that. That's going to get to that. This seems to be this idea. So, like, you don't want to define the relationship as one of just giving them rebuking. The relationship is one of teaching them Torah and of being their father and a strong relationship. And Tochacha exists, but but it seems to be that's not the depth, that's not like the nature of the relationship. You continually be doing it. If you every time they step out of line, you're going to do it. it seems to be that's going to be too much. Okay. Okay, fine. Now, okay, now, I guess the, the Edelman means, though, you never give Musa at all, right? I think that's, a, I think it's extreme to say you never, ever give any Musa. Like, you see, Yaakov did criticize Shimon and Levi for fighting against Shem, but he didn't, this is like a certain type of Musa, you know, that Ruvim, if I play Pachas, Kamayim, Altos, it's like very deep, penetrating Musa about an underlying character flaw. Right, or apam kiyas, everything. Right, it's just like that was a mistake. Yes, right, it's true. Yeah, so it seems like there has to be a line here. Uh, it doesn't necessarily mean you don't give any musar, but there's a certain type of deep probing musar that really gets to a person's core. Yeah, like diagnostic musar. Right, it's like, and I think we know about these things. Who's given that type of musar? Like, okay, you give musar. Okay, wake up, minute, whatever. You know, there's, there's a type of musar which which has effectiveness or pointing out a small little thing, but a Musa which gets to the core, if you're going to keep doing that, it's going to kind of, it's too much. You have to, those have to be reserved for choice moments. Now, what, that's, it doesn't say which moment it should be. This one thing is just saying it should be reserved for not very often. Too often it becomes too much. Okay, then the second one, So if your friend or the person giving Musa won't see you and be embarrassed. Okay, so I think that's, Flame shot, right? Basically, saying is the deep musar is embarrassing, right? It is embarrassing, and like you want to give the musar, but and you want to be able to lay it all on the line, but at the same time, it's like the person should be able to internally work it through. But if every time they see the person who gave the musar, it's going to, you know, it's going to remind them of that incident. It's just going to be too much, too overpowering. So I think you want to give it once. But then let the person work it through on their own. It's like a private thing. You do it between you and them, and then they are able to work it through. And if you do that at Shas Misa, but otherwise it's going like to define the relationship going forward, that every time they see you, you're going to be embarrassed, which could be part of the reason why Ruben would have gone off. Is he can't stand being with his father after his father just told him, now, would he actually go off? Maybe yes, maybe no. But you're setting up this strong discomfort amongst the two of you when you really get down to a person's score and at the Moshas Misa that doesn't have to occur anymore. Yeah. No. Okay. Then here. That means that he shouldn't have, I think it means he shouldn't have in his heart against you. Okay. I think that's what it means. That the recipient shouldn't have in his heart like a kaina against the giver of the muscle. What? Ulterior motives. Yeah, right. Like very often you give muscle to somebody. It's not, it's not so easy to receive muscle, right? It's very strong. It's hurtful. It's making a case against you. And people often go, oh, he's just saying that because blah, 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 right? Or they have some sort of a counter argument. Right, counter arguments. It's not so easy to give people to accept Musar. And he could often project onto you counter arguments. 
Okay, or for example, I don't know, maybe by by Yaakov when he gave them Musar. They he said to them, "Why are you going in repetition?" They said, "I can only say no." So there's they they argued, right? I mean, it's not so easy. Musar isn't necessarily received just because you you say something. The person is emotionally uh, defensive, and if you ever try to attack somebody, even if you do it in the nicest of ways, they often get defensive. They go they get offensive at times. They have tainas. Okay, so why is it better Bishas Misa? Yeah. Stories? Okay. Okay, there's no ulterior motives because on his way out. Zamala, he's removed. Yeah, right. To some extent, you're right. The person on his deathbed is in touch with reality. He's first of all, he's not in the competitive sphere. You're not, he doesn't have anything else to get from this world. He's just arguably, he's just looking out for your best interest. What is he trying to get? He's about to die. He's not looking to get anything. He's resolved himself to the Amamisa. He's on his way out. He's just looking out for your best interest. So, yeah, this is what he's doing. For your last moments to help you out. Well, so what's he's trying to get something? Well, what's he trying to get? Arguably, he's trying to help you out. So look, still, I'm sure people could have timers, but it, it's, you're mu- it's much more likely for the person to receive it when he's already, you're no longer competitors, you're no longer in the players in the world who are all interacting with your own personal things. And, you know, like, again, if you try to give your kid muster, you know these things. It's not so easy. But yeah, he's just trying to control me. He's trying to, he's trying to you know. So, again, it's still not possible to receive muster, but it's arguing, arguably this is the time when you're much more likely to have an effect. Right? And people's, I'm sure there are people who say, on my father, on my mother's deathbed, she told me this and this and this, and I have to stand by that. That was, you know, what? His dying words, right? His dying words. It's a phenomenon of his dying words. And lastly, you could think, she yafresh mimenu b'shalom. She atochacha meviyuli deshalom. So that you'll part in peace. Because tochacha causes peace. What? Yeah, so it says, like you say by Avram, it says he was Machiach Avimalach, and then they made a breast. And by Yitzchak, you know, he tied it against them, and then sure enough, they sent off in peace. And Yosh, yeah. So it's like this idea that Tochacha creates peace, and you want to depart in peace. How does that work? Okay, okay, good. Yeah, so how does it create peace? And what's the value of peace if the person's dying? Right? Like what's the, I understand the idea of having peace between Avram and Melach, but what is what, what are you trying to accomplish? Yeah. Clearing the air. Clearing the air, yes. Yes. Okay, good. And what's the benefit of that? Who? The, the, the deceased or the... Uh... Okay, good. You're right. There's, there's, and in general, when, when people have conflicts, and this part of the Mitzvah right, is that the person holds these things in, and Tainas against the person, there's, you can ignore them, but you can't really. There's always a discomfort. When people have Tainas against each other, there's always a discomfort. It's always they're tiptoeing around the issue. There's, it's just never, there's not shalom. You could try to ignore things which are bothering you about things that you feel someone did wrong or whatever, but ultimately it's going to ruin, it's going to sour the relationship. It just does. And it's the Pasuk. It's the Pasuk. Yeah, exactly. So, so 
Now, that's arguably a reason why you want to do give the muster earlier. And if you could, then arguably you should. But there's this type of muster, it seems going forward, you want a person. Person, again, many people have tainas, arguments against parents, right? Back and forth and whatever. And by, again, a good tochacha and this bad thing creates, it creates a shalom. By, yeah, by letting, airing your expression, your thoughts and whatever, it creates shalom. And it seems like it's important for a person, even though people in their life have all different types of um, feelings towards their parents, but it's important going forward to be able to remember your parents in a good light, right? To be able to carry with you and to think positively. And most people do, right? Most people, even people who have poor or stressed or strained relationships with their parents, most people will talk about their deceased parents in a very favorable light. Right? I don't know if it's, in, I, that's what, as far as I've heard. Maybe the other people don't talk to me, but I mean, people are, people generally have positive feelings towards their deceased, right? And that could be for various reasons. But I think one, it doesn't have to be, but one tool of doing so is that pre, those, those moments before death where they're able to express themselves in an open and honest way to express their, Musar, the whole experience of the last words, the parting words, creates a certain type of a unity and a, a, a shalom, which is very valuable going forward to for now, the child, or the, whoever the recipient, the, the nation who's being given muster by their leader, to now positively remember the parent, the leader, and to comfortably feel they want to emulate to carry on their ways and whatever is the, the path which they set out for. Yeah. So that's down to uh, further muster. Right. Yes. Okay, good. Yeah. Okay. Okay, and, and this is, then the Medrash continues after these reasons. Again, it says this is exactly what Yehoshua did. We put this second to support all these, and this is what Shmuel did, and this is what David did. This is like the path of Jewish leaders, arguably fathers as well. I mean, it's putting leaders to do it, but um, some of them are some of them are also fathers. Yaakov's a father, but it seems like this idea of the pre-death Musar seems to be of um, vital significance. No, okay, now, okay, so now, yeah. So uh, and then Moshe Rabbeinu um, gives tochacha to the people along the way. Um, they oref. I mean, he, he gets tochacha all the time. And they cause him a lot of agmas nevesh. Do you think that operates the same way by, like, Moshe Rabbeinu, who's dealing with a whole am? I mean, that's what this medrash is saying. Well, but, but don't you think they, they had a tremendous amount of animosity towards uh, Moshe Rabbeinu? Like, Rashi says, if he left, he left the tent early, they said there must not be Sholem in his house. If they left late, um, what's he planning against us? I mean, they had the animosity the whole time. I mean, yeah, yeah, of course. Could, yes, that's true. That's true. It's not saying that they have animosity. On the contrary, it's saying it's not there. You're right. Shalom is created through the Tafah. What it's just saying is that by giving the Musar, it can make things worse. You don't yeah. see afterwards that they had animosity. Right, right. 
right after he died, right? Are you saying after he died, you don't see that they had the animosity towards him, right? We we think, but we think highly of Moshe Rabbeinu now. We don't have all those those tainas were there in our lives. But what would have happened to Klai Yisrael? Moshe would have given them Musar all along in a, in a harsh way, right? So if you gave them Sefer Devarim and Shemos, maybe things would have ended up different. Yeah. It's hard to see based upon what did happen, what would have happened if Musar were given earlier. Yeah. Okay. So again, so now the question is, so what's, why is this unique to Yaakov again? Right. Well, why did this start at Yaakov? You know, Yaakov seems to be the Mechadesh here to have this idea, right? So, yeah. So, so I think you could start a direction, as Ariel is suggesting, is that that Yaakov Avinu is the Yaakov to his kids is the formation of the nation of Klal Yisrael, of Bnei Yisrael. We are Bnei Yisrael, we're a nation. And prior to that, you had like father-son, father-son, maybe a philosopher to his students or whatever, to his individual isolated students. But with Yaakov Avinu, it's, the nation is moving from Rabbi Talmud, Rabbi Talmud, father-son, father-son, to father-sons, to a nation. And, and a nation is not just one isolated thought, I'm giving a specific muster to one isolated thought, but it's you're trying to create in a, a group of people which is going to get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And in the group of people that get bigger and bigger and bigger, they're not all necessarily on the same level. You have people who are like in the brachos of Yaakov. Some of them were brachos, and some of them were not such brachos. And were, 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 uh, but in a nation, you're going to have different people at different levels. And Part of what keeps a nation together, family together, going forward throughout the generations is the strong leaders, fathers, patriarchs, leaders who pass down a message to the family, who give musr when appropriate, who give bracha when appropriate. And it could be, it's, it's different when, like again, the idea of tochacha and the idea of saying Yaakov Avinu realizing that going forward going forward this is going to be a major component of building a nation. The idea of building a nation is is necessary to have strong leaders who are able to talk to the Am and to give them Musr, pick out their weaknesses, show them a path forward and that's that's a, a necessary component to be able to rectify the flaws of a nation and to move forward. But the problem is that type of Musa can't occur but Bishas Misa. Right? But Bishas Misa. So for example, Yaakov Avinu uh, maintained that he can't give this Musa to Reuven. The whole life he can't give this Musa to Reuven. So what would have happened if Yaakov Avinu just died one day? And unfortunately Reuven wouldn't have been able to get that Musa. And Shimon and Levi wouldn't have been able to get the Musa. Right? Apparently it's better... You can't risk them going to off the Darach to Esav, and you have to just leave it. At least he's with Yaakov, and look, if Yaakov dies, he dies. But Yaakov deemed that it would be unfortunate to be able to not. Like, given the state of affairs, that as depicted by the original history, that basically man was strong and he didn't get weak. And again, my point here is that they're Milas. If everyone's philosophers, maybe one could argue that for a philosopher, he doesn't need to get sick. 
he could realize he made his die on any given day, and he's able to be strong and productive his entire life, and he doesn't need to get sick, and his kids don't need him to get sick, and one philosopher could give muscle to another philosopher, and maybe that's fine. But when you deal with a nation, and a nation is not only going to have philosophers, the nation of Kali Israel has all different types of people, the big tzaddikim and Yavisham, and you have everywhere in between. So then the idea of the powerful message of the leader, of the father, of the deathbed message, is Yaakov Avinu is determining that this is necessary. For, it's not worth the benefits of having people never get sick, although it might be beneficial, but it's necessary to build a nation, to have this phenomenon of the deathbed Muslim, of sickness, of people getting weaker, and being able to, their children realizing that they're parting and they're slowly working their way out of this world, and they're put, put those leaders those parents, those leaders in a unique position of being able to give Musar and to, 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 to um, rebuke them, rebuke the nation for the flaws and be able to help them move forward. And that's what you see was, again, it started a tradition that uh, Moshe Rabbeinu did the same thing. The whole Sefer Dvarim was based upon Moshe Rabbeinu Bishas Misa. And then you have, again, you have Yeshua and Shmuel and David. So, so, so I'm saying is like, that the, the, this phenomenon became vital when, you're, when, the nation, when you have a nation. It's necessary in a nation. And it's not, I'm trying to argue is that if you just have individuals, just individual, you know, um, I guess, teachers, fathers and sons teaching their sons, but you don't necessarily have people like a nation which partakes of people of all different uh, levels it's less necessary. And maybe it would even be better to have people be able to live to a, life, to a long old age. And there's a value to that. You know, the, the, the Rebbe could, you know, could live longer and could teach, a, could teach in a strong, healthy way for many years. But it's, there's, 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 there's like a loss, there's a pro and a con. And, and similarly, similarly, and this relates to those other issues, which is that, that sickness is, on, again, on the one hand, it's good for a person, forgetting about the muscle part, but maybe this relates to the other part. It's good for a person to just always be healthy and be able to just live and serve God and learn Torah their entire life, right? On the other hand, illness helps us do tshuva. Illness helps Chizkiyahu do tshuva. He had a sin and his illness helped him do tshuva and it helped him uh, again 15 years back to his life in you know, much better years. Because he was able to do juva. So there's, again, there's pros and there's cons. So on, on, in, in one framework alone, so to speak, maybe you could argue in a perfect world where everyone's tzaddikim and everyone's at the highest level, you could say that we should all just be able to live until we need to die, until our 120 years, and then just die. And that's what Moshe Rabbeinu did. He just lived until whatever, and then he died. And maybe that's, that's in some sense, there's something something good about that but on the same time there are other factors other factors which necessitate that things aren't that way and one could have tainas why do we have sickness and it's like problems with the world and i know there's various answers for those problems and ramon goes into all the different causes of you know causes of uh, evils or whatever but there's one answer 
It could be as this Medrash is depicting. In a certain sense, the perfect Bria, the perfect Bria didn't have anyone, you know, living through the Kivshana age burns things and people look, they don't give birth until they're 90, you know, when they're 90 years old and the sun goes in its ordinary orbits and what's the one I'm missing? So what's that? Yeah, and the water always runs according to its course. But the, the, while there are the perfect laws of nature, and again, in those perfect laws of nature, man wouldn't get sick because sickness is a certain defect in the, in the creation. The idea of us getting sick and having to recover. And, you know, why do we need to get sick? Why not just live perfectly healthy? And that would be a better, arguably a better human specimen, right? But at the same time, there's there certain... So there are certain mofsim which altered the underlying laws of the Bria based upon certain srachim. Certain srachim were short-term srachim, like Kriyas Yamsov, like Avram and the Kivshana Eish, like Sarah giving birth, like the Yeshua and the stars. That's, those are mofsim which are one-time occurrences. And Hashem needed, uh, there was a tzorach at the time to alter the perfect laws at a moment to be able to bring about Klai Yisrael, you know, Avram Yitzhak Yaakov, to Yeshua's success, and Kriyas Yamsa for the Jews. And then there are other things which are maybe built into the Bria, but things which in a certain sense, again, old age and illness, different types of illness are built into the Bria, but in a certain sense, they compromise the perfection of the Bria, just like Kriyas Yamsuf is a compromise in the perfection of the water. And, uh, you know, the Kivshan Aish, not burning Avram, is a, is a compromise in the perfection of the Bria itself. The laws of nature are being rescinded. But at the same time, they were, it was a necessary compromise because of the existence of Kali because of the, the need to have Avram, Yitzhak, Yeshua, Kali being saved. So I'm saying is that here too, maybe the Medrash is depicting that there is a compromise to the laws of nature that man does have to get sick. Man has illness, man sneezes. But at the same time, it's a necessary compromise because without which, because of the fact that we as a nation need to have the rebuke of our leaders, the fact that Reuven and Shimon and Levi need the rebuke and it wouldn't have worked or it may not have worked at a different time. The fact that Chizkiyahu needed to do tshuva and his getting near death seemed to be the trigger to get him to do the tshuva and it wouldn't have happened otherwise so it's because of these factors because again arguably again the mortality again the medrash doesn't say this but i think it's implicit the type of thing is because we wouldn't realize our mortality if we lived till 100 years old and then just die maybe maybe avram vina would but we wouldn't and because we wouldn't do that it was necessary in a certain sense to compromise the perfection of the Bria, of our nature, that we do get sick and we do have, we do sneeze and our body doesn't quite work perfectly all the time. And we have the sniffles every so often. And these types of things help us realize our mortality. Do we absolutely need it? We don't need it. A philosopher would realize mortality anyways because people just die when they're 100 years old and they just sneeze and they die. But we need it because we're not that those types of philosophers and we're a nation. And again, 
there, there are paradigms of examples in history which showed the value, certain value of getting sick. The value of Yaakov Inu getting sick was that we have Berchus Yaakov. The whole foundation and formation instruction of Kal Yisrael took place because Yaakov Inu got sick. So the Medrash is depicting it like historically that's when it first happened. What I'm suggesting is built into the Bria that that's the way it happened. But it's telling a story. It's showing here's an instance where that facet of the Bria, which you might think is like a negative in the Bria, is actually a positive. And it came to fruition the first time was in Yaakov Avinu. And then again with Moshe, and then again with Shmuel, and again with Yeshua, and again with God. And the same thing with Cheskyo with getting sick. Is the idea is built into the Bria that we do get sick. And getting sick helps us do tshuva, helps us recognize immortality. But there's, you want to find the Tanakh, the paradigm, the first time that you see that of a person who is, his illness assisted him in being able to do tshuva and get 15 more years to his life and be, uh, help him in terms of his din, uh, you see that in Chizkiah. So it's like, it's like, it's depicting it in a way by picking these paradigm examples of the benefits of illness, of old age. I didn't talk about the old age side, but also of old age, of Avram Binu getting old. There's benefits, which are, these are paradigm stories, examples of the benefits, and it's telling it as a story as if it never happened beforehand. But I'm saying it's because that's why it had that. So it's like the Bria, these are Mopsim in the Bria in a similar way as Christians and all those other things are Mopsim in the Bria, which is that there are deficiencies in the Bria purely as laws of physics or whatever are the deficiencies, but they're benefits, they're Mopsim, they're like miracles. They're built into the Bria, whether in a permanent way or in a temporary way, because there's other factors in the Bria other than just the pure perfection of the physical specimen of our bodies or of flowing of the water or whatever it is. Okay. Yeah, so just, uh, just well, I'll get to you in a second, but so there's just the uh, Avram Avinu thing. It could be is that it's saying is there was no seva, there's no old age or white hair until Avram Avinu. And it says that old age is, uh, that seva is a, is like a crown on the head of a zaka. Reminds me actually of this, no, that story of, uh, yeah, see <laughs> that in the Haggadah? Joseph Messiah? Yeah, that uh, he'd daven that he'd have the beard and people would accept it. So it could be is that until Avram Avinu perhaps was a, until that point, this depicting is that people didn't get old and age wasn't the benefit. And if you think about leadership, if you want to have a leader who leads with might, with physical prowess, then old age is a weakness, is, is a com- compromised leader. If a king, a strong, powerful king gets old, it's like a pagan. It's a weakness of man. When you talk about a, a leader like Avram Bidu, who's not leading by his physical might, but he's leading by his chachma, it's important for people to, like Mibnei we see in old age, and a chacham has, uh, has great experiences in his life, and which caused us to be able to learn a lot from him. And the value of seeing someone as old, we all listen, people listen to someone who's old, because they see there's a certain wisdom of old age. So, Avram Vinu could be embodied. He's like the, maybe the first leader who led by Chachma. He broke away from the world of Odizara and the world, the physical world, where the leadership was just based upon the world of all the instincts. But he basically was a Chacham and he led by Chachma. And leading by Chachma, it's important to see he's Avram and he's just and he's just straight, but Avram's older and he's had much more experiences and much more growth and much more abilities. And you want to learn? Then go to him. He's the one who has the crown on his head, the crown of the white hair. And that's, so it could be, again, it's old aging per se. Maybe it's, it wouldn't 
purely for Avram Avinu, maybe he, what does he need all get old? Get old. Why is that beneficial for him? But for us, it's important for us to see the Zakanim, be able to see the person who's old, be able to see the seva. And that's a benefit. And therefore, you could taina that it's a gam in the Bria, that there's old age. And in some sense, it is. But in another sense, for the sake of having leadership, for people to recognize the Zakanim and to be able to recognize seva and to take advice and humble oneself before elders, the idea of aging is beneficial. So that's, again, it's a mofes which is built in in a, in a certain sense, a miracle, a pagam in the perfection of the physical bria for the sake of philosophical bria, the world working in, in line with us recognizing great leaders like our old, old leaders like our Fader? Yeah. So just to, to echo um, the question, kind of question you asked earlier, like we see like all animal life does seem to like sort of weaken and change as it gets older. So are you saying that like all of that was done for the sake of human beings, in, like according to this approach, that like dogs get older and look older because a human being had to look older for this purpose, or not necessarily commenting one way or another. Like, how do we take that? I don't know. It's a good question. I know I asked it, but I don't know if I, I didn't think of uh, coming back to it. Yeah, I don't know. Well, you're not. Are you saying a change? You're not saying a change. You're just saying, saying that it. the perfection no. was manifest now. Right. No, I'm not presenting it as if it changed. I'm just saying it sounds like the Brio was sort of set up in this way in particular, whereas it could have been done differently in theory. Right. Yeah. Huh. It could be is that, look, there's a uniformity in the way God made all the creatures. And man is the objective of the... Right. It's like in Akinami. The way, the way physical life was is built around man. And for man, this is, what's, this is ultimately what's necessary and what's good. So arguably the other animals were also made that way because of that. Right. That's yeah, possible, right. Yeah. It affected it. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And Medrash says, like, right, it's other animals are secondary to man. But that's, you know, this makes sense. Right, yeah. Right, I see. Seva, right. Yes. Right. Right. Yes, that's good. Yeah. Yes, right. Yeah, right. In physical purposes, you discard the old, the old. But by us, on the contrary, they say, well, talk to them. We have had great value from old age because it gives us talk Yeah. Okay, good. Okay, so now I guess we got to get to the sneezing, right? Okay, so what's the idea of Gesundheit, right? Okay, so so maybe just you know, in line with this whole idea, is that when a person sneezes, it it brings to mind this chesed Hashem, if you will, right? Hashem Yaakov Inu Davin. What it's saying is, and by the way, just in terms of the shot of magic, it could be, even though, even nowadays, not everyone dies with a chance to be able to give muscle to their kids. Even, even in the way the Bria is, it wasn't, it's not clear that Yaakovinu was going to get that opportunity. So just to give some shot of the magic, could be Yaakovinu did daven, that he would have that chance. Because he knew he wasn't going to be able to give this muscle to, uh, to Ruben until the day of death. And if he would have died just on the spot, then he wouldn't have been able to give that muscle and have to go with him to the grave. So it could be there's a tefillah 
that he was able to do that. Right? And he knew he wasn't going to be able to until he was basically visibly about to die. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. So when a person, oh, so when a person sneezes, right? When we do, when we sneeze, so it, it's like, I guess practically, personally, it's, it's annoying. Right? Sneezing is, you know, it's like you feel sick. It's, you feel like it somehow throws you off. It's not, not very annoying. It depends how bad the sneeze or how your sickness is. But illness, illness, even sneezing, which is minor. But it's kind of like, in a certain sense, like a, like a defect, if you will. We're going along a normal thing, and all of a sudden we sneeze, and we have to catch our breath and whatever, right? Or illness even more so. And, and it could be that there's different ways to relate to illness. Okay, to sneeze and illness, we could relate to it in a way of complaints, getting annoyed, getting angry, just break, ruining our day. Or we could use it we could use it and we could embrace our mortality. Embrace the chesed of Hashem that He gave us old age. He gave us illness, he gave us the ability to recognize our mortality, he gave us tshuva, he gave us these hearts built, built into the Bria daily, how often do we sneeze, I don't know, on average daily, whatever, who knows, right, reminders of our mortality, of illness, illness is part of the world and part of life, and again, how do we, how is, does one relate to it when they get sick, when they sneeze, so we there's a bracha. We, we, we express to someone who sneezes, we say, l'chaim, marpe, asusa, gesundheit, right? Saying, use this properly. Use this sneeze, l'chaim, and not in a negative way. Recognize this as an opportunity to reflect upon mortality, to reflect upon the fact that you're not going to live forever, your body has weaknesses. And use, use that to, rem, to remember the day of your death, to remember the fact that, you're, that, that life is short and one should always be, have their eye towards truth. So it could be the bracha. This is, uh, I'm digressing, but I remember Rebbe once had a beautiful shot on, I heard this from somebody, but um, that when you say l'chaim, by, uh, when you take a, a drink, right? L'chaim, l'chaim, right? So what's l'chaim? So he wanted to say, it's like, it's not cheers, but l'chaim. So he said that drinking alcohol could be used l'chaim or could be used l'mavis. For some people, alcohol is the worst curse, right? It could ruin people's lives, alcohol. But on the other hand, alcohol is a nice, healthy part of a person enjoying life. Right? You could enjoy alcohol in moderation. So, huh? But even for just for drinking. So when a person drinks, you say l'chaim. Means use this lachayim and not lamavis. Remember, drinking is good, but make sure it's in moderation and use it appropriately. Yeah. Okay. Further, this. Okay, good. Okay. Oh. Oh, I see. Oh, use it. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. Yeah, use lachayim. Right. If you use it before you paskin, before you do avoda, then that could be bad. If you use it in a proper way, then it could be good. Right, so I'm saying the same, same type of taking it from Rebbe's idea there and applying it over here. That, that illness could be looked at as a weakness in the Bria. 
as a, as a flaw in the Bria, something which we complain about and we get depressed about and we're annoyed about, right? Which is looking at it like kind of from the framework of the perfection of the Bria, that is the case. Or we can look at it as a mothes, as the wonder of illness and appreciate it for what it is. And when a person sneezes and they're naturally feeling sick and out of it, when we say to him, Chayim, to help, we're saying we're directing him to be able to use it properly. It's almost like a chassid to the person that we give him a bracha, use this properly. We remind him, remind ourselves, it's part of our world, part of our language. When people sneeze, we say this. It's a constant reminder that we should relate to sneezes in a proper way. So it's not just common, whatever. It's, it has a great philosophical value and benefit to be able to say it to, when we say it to him. So much so, you might say, that even if there's learning going on in the base Medrash, it's true they're learning Torah. But this is also perfection. This is also directing a person towards another great philosophical value. So maybe we should stop learning for that. Right? So one way to learn the Gemara is, this is a machlokas between Risham and Meisillo, is that do you, do you say learning in the base Medrash is like you just learn Torah and that's it? If you have a chiyav, you have a chiyav. You have to stop to say Baruch fine. But basically, that's it. You do basically you learn Torah, and you do that which you're absolutely obligated to do. But you don't digress to be able to do Baruch just Melech, to be able to say Asusa. These are extracurricular things. It's not, it's not for the base Medrash. The base Medrash has a focus on learning. Or do you say it's true, but the, the base Medrash is for learning, but at the same time, Part of learning is growth, and part of learning is and part of learning is asusa and recognizing chayim and having proper perspective. And therefore, it warrants a temporary pause in the base medrash for the sake of a higher virtue, for the sake of, or not higher, an additional component of, uh, of um, shleim asadam, namely or asusa. Yeah, there's a problem with learning this way. Is, but uh, again, it's getting a little late, but uh, it's, it's not so partial because then it turns out this Kamara is like Beishamai. Beishamai is going like Beishamai. And it doesn't work out at the Psaq. So uh, I could, could talk about that, but um, there's, there's other ways to go. But the Vatha Mishnah brings it up and it, it gets a little more into the Allah Hotzuki, but just uh, let's leave it at that. Are there any, any other questions about the, uh, yeah. I know. Yeah, it's like the, I think it's good. It's because the person, you know, when we get sick, we feel we're out of our out of our element, right? And um, it, it's like you know. I mean, I had a teacher. This is somewhat relevant, but I'm just associating with it. I had a teacher who came in. And he was all sniffly and he felt terrible. And he said, you know, he says somehow he says when you're sick, you can't imagine how anybody else is healthy, and when you're healthy, you can't imagine how anyone else is sick. But it is like a good horror. It's like we live our world, our life through our world. But the person who's sick, it's like, it's debilitating. Psychologically, it breaks us. And maybe a, a friend or somebody else could help direct us. It's hard to pull out of it. But maybe by saying to your friend, to the other person, to direct him, it kind of reminds him. So yeah, you could say it for yourself, but maybe you're not in the state necessarily to remind them. Having a friend give a gentle reminder maybe is, um, is help, helps, us, helps us pull out of it. Yeah. 
I motion, it doesn't seem like you would make it sick, right? Because the motion never really I know. Allowed. So it was if I motion, it's just like he knew that yes. he couldn't go into it. Yeah, they were going into it. So he knew it at the end of the Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah, it's a good point. What's that? Yeah. And then die. Yes, yes. Right, it's true. I mean, I mean the idea we're saying is that a person that is old age about to die is necessary in order to be able to give this type of musar. So usually that's because the person is deathly ill on a deathbed. But by Moshe Bainer, that's not the case. But still, they knew he wasn't going to write Israel. They were about to go into Israel. That's it. This was his final days. Yes, good point. It doesn't, doesn't have to be physically, visibly ill. Generally, that will be the case. Moshe Bainer is an exception. Saying it's like um, uh, that's what like it's likening it to a miracle. Miracles also like that. Right. Uh, it just happens to be miracles are one-time things, but these are built into the bria. But it's still, in a certain sense, yeah, good, yeah. Peter? yeah. Is, is there a difference in just in the particulars, like in terms of the the one formulation of saying like lachayim, like along the lines of what you quoted from Rebbe versus saying just like marpe or asusa? Like that almost seems like, is it saying like, it's like a tefila, like you should get better or is it like, how is that working? If it's like, or gesundheit, you know? Yeah. I'm saying it's the same thing, but I, I don't know. I'm saying it means to help, like to help the healing, but I'm saying it doesn't just mean to physical healing. It means to philosophical healing. See, see, maybe that's what I was going to say. I forgot. That's nothing I can take up, but the Dark Amori Shita, right? She does like a Maurice. So it could be, in some sense, you could say uh, a sneeze reminds you of your your um, your mortality, of your weakness, and then you tell the person that like, you deny it, the opposite. No, healing, life. It's like a, a type of a person, like denial. There's like a denial. There's a, there's a tendency of people to deny weakness, and when you see the weakness, you say "Chaim," like uh, you know, you try to push it aside and say to, to, to life. Yeah, right. An incantation of trying to counter the negative with the positive. Yeah, like a superstitious way. Yeah, right. You say this, right? The sneeze is a is moving it towards illness, and you say chayim, and you counter it with a positive, right? But so that's what I'm saying. That's one way to do it, and arguably that's the way Amori's did it, and that's Dr. Amori. But the positive way to do it is it sounds the same, but it's saying is you're moving towards weakness. L'chayim, direct that towards a positive life, direct that towards true life, towards philosophical life, not idea of let's make it disappear by saying an incantation, but let's give the bracha and direct you in a proper way towards helping it. And I don't know, maybe it's a machlokas, whether that's legit, because you're, in a certain sense, you're taking something which is a dark amori and now you're utilizing properly. Maybe it plays into the superstitious way of relating to it. Maybe you could argue you can't do that, but it seems like we don't. Right, it seems like it's brought down like you do, even though it's, it seems that we hold like that sheet today. Yeah. It's brought down that you don't do the base measures. It seems like it's brought down you do it otherwise. Yeah, Mayor. Maybe along those lines, maybe just... One second, one second. I'm just Mayor saying. I'll get to you in a second. You see a practical outcome. Very offended. I love the Zoom gesundheit. Those are the best. <laughs> <laughs> so it goes off of mute. It's a gesundheit. 
see my students, the box turns yellow. Like, <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> That's manners, you know? Yeah. Uh, so, I'm sorry. For the, I got the answer. Going back to that question about the question of you get sick in the middle of your life, but now, now you're throwing it up because now you have that back to the other thing of, oh, now you're going to get a little bit before you're, you're dead. Oh, so I guess there's different types of illness. I mean, there's an illness which is, which is you're going to die. I mean, you're right. I mean, that's why it's, they're, they're, I'm saying the Gemara is like pulling apart the different advantages of, that, of illness as if they're totally separate things. But, I mean, there is an illness which is a near-death illness and it's clear. And like, sometimes you end up getting through it and then maybe you gave that extra muscle and whatever. You're still not giving it all the time. And I mean, I guess you have to decide. If you're at that point and you're young and or whatever and you think you might pull through it, then maybe you'll have to give your muscle. And, you know, I feel like still, you, can, you know, you avoid some of the harms of it. The person gives them muscle, but, you know, you have to use your judgment, I guess. But, yeah. Emotion, hey, I get it. I'm sorry. Yeah, you know, I was just thinking a little further, based on what you're saying about Darke Amori, just about that formulation of Marpe or Asusa. Uh, I just wonder an alternate possibility if rather than saying it's like philosophical refuah, if it's like, no, saying like you need, like recognizing that it's a sneeze and like it's recognizing that this is a holy and like you, you know, you do need refuah and like not to push past it the way the other Darke Amori approach would right. have done. Not to like, yeah, Marpe, like, you know, you should feel better and recognize that this is a holy. Right. And react to it like this, and not just push past it. Right, I understand. I mean, don't deny it, but accept it. You need healing. Daven, Dechuva, right. I mean, acknowledge the illness. Don't right, just, just acknowledge it, it you know. Right. Don't just ignore it, and don't push through it, and try to pretend like it's not there. But on the contrary, give a guy well wishes, that you'll feel better. Right. right, and that helps him recognize that he does need to, and maybe it's a good time for Chuva, you know, etc. Right, or say, how come you're up there, stop, so sharp, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Good. Any other questions? Uh, Rabbi Fader. Yes. I, I know it's it's a very um, superficial connection, but uh, it's a famous Gemara that when a person sneezes during the Shmon Asrei, it's like a simon tov. Oh yeah. yeah. Is, is there an, any There's of this idea, or is that just a completely just extraneous idea? I don't know. I have to look into that. Where is that again? I just I saw that briefly when I was researching, and I I, I ignored it. I I, yeah, it's the end of uh, brachos, right? I just did a quick look on on Google. It's Chav Dalit on base, I think. Brachos? I think so. Okay. Yeah. Okay. If I get a chance to look, I'll let you know. Good right. question. I know there's a lot of sneezing. Uh, you know, one sixty. That yeah, there's all kinds of sneezing memories. But you know, yeah. Okay. All right, everybody. Have a good day.